Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Well, happy Friday, beautiful people. Welcome back. The sun is shining. It's the weekend. We got myself and Jen Samples here, ready here to talk are. about Pokemon all day. I'm here to oh. wait, wait, I'm back. Wait, what? You did that. We you can see me. We all you started this intro. Looking into my eyes. We just had such a good time talking about Pokemon last week that we wanted to keep it going. We, we figured you were rolling. gone. We could just keep Pokemon, you know? Do you guys think that, and I know the answer is I'm asking this question, our podcast would be more popular if I wasn't on it. Oh my God, no. <gasps> I think not I say think, that. No, I think that's true. No. Well, so no, what, no, no. what did you guys talk about last time? It sounds really fun. Well, I will say we talked about Pokemon, but I will say... Your absence was very much missed because yes. we also, we, the segment we did was hot takes because you're the one who always comes in with like a hot take and I, that energy was missing and this mm-hmm. podcast needs that energy. It was the most chill hot takes <laughs> I, I have ever experienced, but it was nice. It was very gentle, but you know what? We, we missed, your presence was dearly missed. They were calm gives, not hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> calm complaints. Calm complaints. <laughs> well, Jen welcome and back. Sonia. Welcome back. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I had and currently still do have COVID. It sucks. What? Sorry. Ugh. Um. Yeah, and I've been playing a lot of. Uh, this is gonna shock you guys. I've been playing a lot of video <laughs> games. <laughs> what? what? I know. It's crazy. Guy. Unheard hope, of. Yeah, it's wild. Plot it's absolutely twist. wild. <laughs> what have you been diving into? Well, so I don't know if you guys are this way. You know, there's a term in like Portuguese or something for people who buy books but don't read them. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's like a mm-hmm. phrase. It's not, it, it doesn't exist in English, but it, there is this thing of like, and do you guys do that? Do you ever buy just books and books and then you just don't read the books, but you just keep buying new books? I'm currently looking at a stack of six books that I have not yes. cracked a single right. one open on my desk. So I'm like that with video games very much. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do dinner in a video game every week, so I'll buy a new video game every week. It just, people will give me, you guys will give me great suggestions. I'll see great suggestions, but I rarely will I actually ever really dive into a game. Hmm. You know, so I've got kind of planes backed up on the runway. So I was like, look, I'm bedridden, couch ridden, really uh, <laughs> floor ridden, actually. Uh, and <laughs> I just lay on the floor and I was like, this is a chance for me to dive into some games that I I have. And I haven't yeah. really that I didn't feel like I've given a real shot to. Oh, nice. OK. 
Work through the backlog. Work through the backlog. That's great. Elden Ring being one of them. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say, I'm just going to say this. It's great. I'm going to move on quickly. Thank We're you. Gonna, right. I think we need to dedicate the whole end segment of today's episode yeah. to your thoughts. We'll do so looking that. forward to that. But the game that's taken hold in my life during this COVID lock-in is Disco Elysium. <gasps> Ooh. Jen, okay. have, you, have you ever heard of this game, Jen? I actually haven't. What is it? It is a role-playing game that everyone in my life recommended to me. Hmm. And I played it for 10 minutes. I absolutely hated it. And I am so deep and I love it. It's, But the thing about it is, Sonia, have you played Disco Elysium? I've seen a lot of people streaming it. Okay. And I've seen oh, a lot of people talking about it. Interesting. Um, but I have never actually dived into it. What what was what was the hook? Like what got you? Ten minutes of you didn't like it, and then what was the selling point? Well, there really was no selling point. I was sick and couldn't leave my house. <laughs> that was that was the hook. <laughs> Captivity would be the selling point. A captive pure obligation. Audience. Yeah, pure okay. obligation. But uh, no, everyone and it got great reviews, and everyone was like, "You'll love this game." And I just didn't get it when I started playing it. For those of you who don't know what it is, it is a kind of almost three quarter top down game where you are an alcoholic detective and you wake up, there's no action. It is all wandering around talking to people. It is all like stats and conversation. I have no idea how you would make a trailer for this game. I have no (laughs) idea how you would sell this game to anyone without making them play an hour of it, but I absolutely love it. It is so funny. I think has the best voice acting, and I say this without hyperbole, of any game I've ever played. The the voice acting is absolutely tremendous. Wow. Do you know who's in it? It is so many people. You you are in this other, basically, uh, world. You're basically in a different, you're on Earth, okay, so it's grounded, but like, you're just in like a different country. It's like you're a completely different country and there's a labor dispute and there's a dead body and you wake up after a night of hard drugs and drinking. Like one of your first missions is to find your shoe that you've thrown out the window. (laughs) Your your green alligator shoe. Yeah, I could relate highly to this. And it's just great. And, And it's very hard for me to explain to you two or anyone listening why you should play this game. But it is, the writing is fantastic. I mean, it is, it's, it's literally, it's, it's very, you know what it very much is? It's very much like playing an audiobook. Huh. Okay. So you're kind of on track. You're there for the ride, but you're enjoying it. Yeah. Like, and the visuals are not, I mean, they're fine. They're great, but it is so well-written and so funny. There is a point, and I don't want to spoil it for people, but there is a point where like, because you're a fucking drug addict loser and you can decide to go in any direction you can decide to i'm gonna be an actual cop or i'm gonna be a fucking i'm just gonna look Uh, for all the drugs and get really there's some there's some like moral decisions also going on yeah and it's 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 very much like in the way of you you the traits that you pick perception or endurance or whatever end up talking to you so it's a lot of like you talking to yourself what it's really wild, but like I had like a 20 minute conversation with an apricot gum wrapper, <laughs> like 20 minutes in my life 
where I was um, like asking the gum wrapper questions. Part of me like wants to imagine that this game doesn't exist and this is just your COVID <laughs> fever symptoms dream. in your apartment talking to a rapper. Just a fever dream. And Jen, you can kind of tell why I really love this game right now because I'm in my apartment feeling kind of crazy anyway. Yeah. I feel like the more details you keep giving about this game, the less sense that it is making uh, in- entirely. It's so fun. And you have all these different pieces of clothing you find and like they uh, they affect your attributes. So right now I'm wearing a uh, mesh. This is real. A black mesh tank top. A, okay. A, a a silk dragon, uh, blue baby blue silk dragon robe. A Hot. Co- okay. A cowboy hat. Oh. Uh, uh, sunglasses from the '90s where they flip up, like you know, a different world, like the show, a different world. Why are you uh, describing my dream boy? I was gonna say, going to say, Sonia's so into this. tight, very uh, tight di- uh, disco pants that are loose on the thighs but tight around the crotch. Guys, I need to go. And it says that specifically <laughs> tight around the crotch. <laughs> And uh, and these fucking like 1920s dancing shoes because that's what's helping my attributes. It's a mate that like, and I'm carrying a plastic bag because you just collect bottles for money. It's man insane. after my heart. It's oh great. My God, so this is incredible. I, I will say I highly recommend it to people. Um, it, it takes about an hour to get into it, which are you know I I hate games that are a slow burn to get into it. Mm-hmm. But I was a captive audience. I absolutely love this game, and and truly the voice acting is phenomenal. Okay. All right. I think I think I'm pretty sold at this point. Yeah. Especially with such a high acclaim to the voice acting coming from you. Yeah. It's really great. I, I will I say here's the one thing you're not gonna like. It oh, is boy. so dense on the lore. Oh it's okay. so dense on the lore. And so I you really have to involve yourself. Well, or you could just kind of skip through it if you want to. Oh, that's okay. It's a game like you want to like settle into. Uh, but it's it's great. I love the lore, and you know I'm such a huge fan of storytelling, which is why I am also very into our guest today. Yes. Oh my gosh. So excited that we got a chance to talk with Zach. Uh, He is running Coloc, which is this incredible interactive live stream sci-fi horror uh, tabletop RPG. A lot of words I'm throwing at you, but I promise it all comes together. Uh, It's streaming on AMC's Fear HQ Twitch channel. If you ever want to check it out, they're doing incredible things with audience interaction. They have special effects. They have this giant screen behind them. It's it's really cool. Honestly, Hyper RPG is truly just at the forefront of this kind of incredible production. Yeah. So. And it's like one thing is and one thing is I think we always talk about on here about how video games are kind of becoming this new art form. And I think that Zach and Hyper RPG and especially like this Coloc series is really doing that for live streaming. I think they yes. are taking live streaming and truly pushing it to beyond what people are doing now. It's really, really impressive. I watched a bunch of the episodes uh, during quarantine. They're so fun. I love it. Again, Coloc is airing on Mondays on twitch.tv slash fearhq. Make sure to check it out live. And here it is, our interview with Zach Eubank. So Zach, you've got a new show on Twitch uh, called Coloc, which I love. Coloc, it's so awesome. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it because it checks all the boxes of things I love. It's very unique, uh, and I know it's, it's really gonna be hard to get your arms around the whole thing. But 
It's so hard. It's so hard because it changes every week depending on yeah. where the story goes. But ultimately, it's a sci-fi horror interactive experience with dice rolling. Um, and I would say if you were um, – okay. If I, if I was trying to explain this to people who are uh, extremely not – only a little bit media literate, you know, like the people who like, I, I'm on the outskirts. I like certain things. You know, it's like Stranger mm-hmm. Things meets Twin Peaks. Uh, but live, improv and a theatrical experience with dice rolling so you never know what will happen. We've been really trying to push live streaming into a new form of storytelling, you know. Like, I think to me what it really excites me about Twitch is you have this interactive captive audience and unlike my experience with kind of uh, more traditional media that's uh, a dialogue. It's one direction. Or sorry, it's it's a monologue. You're, you're going in one direction. Twitch is yeah. a dialogue and you're getting a feedback loop. And that's really exciting to me for narrative storytelling because you can constantly be adapting in real time to the wants and desires of the audience for better or worse. Sometimes... If you get the wrong audience, it's 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 terrible. But if you can, because you can craft a community within that space, you can really find the people who want what it is you're making, and then you get this great feedback loop of like what they're giving you back is better than you could have ever come up with in the first place, and then you get to take credit for it, and it's awesome. What's your What's your favorite example of that happening with a story that you were telling or a narrative, and even it could be even something very small, but something where the community really kind of give. I'll give you an example, but I definitely can't say exactly what it is because then I'll never hear the end of it. But (laughs) there's been moments on Kolok where I have the chat room up in front of me and we'll be in like a really serious moment. And I keep I'll I'll scan every once in a while and I kind of use the chat as a as a temperature gauge to I can been doing this so many years. I can tell by the speed and who's commenting, whether or not I'm hitting the right beats and whether or not I'm pushing thing along at the right pace. But then every once in a while, I'll look in there and somebody will say like, oh, this is awesome. He's totally setting this up. And then I'll be like, oh, like, that's a better idea. Oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, and then I'll make like a little written note in front of me of like, wow. actually, I'm going to do this now. And then wow. find a way to work it in. And then that person will be like, I knew it. I called it. I totally <laughs> called it. Yeah. Oh, eat shit, everybody else. Like, I called yeah. it. And I'm like, actually, you wrote it. I uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's really interesting because it's like, it, it feels to me like you've cracked the code with weaponizing something that I think I first kind of experienced with the TV show Lost, which yes. was, that was something, you know, yes. like so many, especially when it started, so many conspiracy theories around. They knew remember, better. They, what's that? They knew better. They knew, Right, they knew better. But also like things where I remember specifically like saying like, oh my God, the Dharma logo was on that shark tail. Holy crap. And then everyone's talking about it, right? And then- it gets referred yes. to later about that. And I was like, oh my God, that's what yeah. we were saying. And that was kind of the first, albeit extremely slow and laborious right. interaction between like a, a a an audience having some kind of effect or at least having the appearance of having an effect on a show that we loved. And you're doing that in, in almost real time. You hit the nail on the head on exactly kind of what was an inspiration. Uh, it was those old forum boards from mystery shows and what's going on and realizing how much I loved something like Lost and then how disappointed I was at the end of it all. But understanding that like when you build that much hype around a mystery, it's almost impossible to please everyone. Uh, But how many good ideas come directly from that community that in a live format can be utilized and can be adapted? But I also understand the challenge here of like we're trying to adult this. We're trying to level up 
in the next echelon of kind of entertainment. You know, we just partnered with AMC. And yeah. and believe me that there is a lot of legal talk that has to go back and forth about. So if you're taking ideas from the audience as it's right. happening live, yeah. how do we not get sued? Right. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, just I guess I'll never be able to say exactly what ideas came directly from the audience. But uh, it it is they understand. And the audience knows. And especially we do have some – Things now that when people join the community that they have to see some, some you know some of some course. fine some Releases fine print yeah, yeah you know because uh, it's not just like while it's happening in the show we've got a server set up and an app that we built where the audience can join the app and they're we we set up in the world that in this alternate timeline uh, there's this forum uh, that's connected by some mysterious source that everybody can get onto using Nokia Sidekicks that's and great. This this Science. forum, they're all connected together. They're all of humanity's last children, and they're all in a forum together. And you, as a viewer, can join this forum and role play as a community member. So we've got uh, like a thousand people in there role playing as we speak, acting as if they're people in the world. And then we have plants um, of crew members who are in there role playing as well, pushing certain narratives, seeing how things are flowing. And then we have one of the players at the table who created the forum has access to it in real time. And we've done this thing where we've inside the app, we allow them to hack it. There's a game where they can hack within the app and, uh, unlock certain secrets that they can then send to the player at the table in real time. So they feel like they're directly Whoa. influencing so cool. how the players at the table have access to information. For instance, last week they were about to walk up into their commune after uh, rescuing this woman who's kind of empowered by demonic energies. Long story. Um, but because some of the people in the chat room had hacked into the server, they were able to intercept an email from the people they she was stolen from saying we know she's been taken we know who did it and basically we're gonna do something about it and they were able to then send that information to them to be like hey what's up uh by the way you've been caught and you've been found out and we don't and what i love is because they're role-playing instead of everyone in the chat room being like oh my god this is awesome you rescued a girl it's like hey you're about to bring danger to us what are you doing why did you do that? And like going after that. the players at the table, which is that's my that to me is when it's at its most special as a storyteller. When you get to take a step back and they just keep rolling with it and building out the world and expanding upon it. And that feels awesome. It's oh, so good. That. And it's such a good format. And just the technicalities behind it just fit the platform so well. Because it's it's one thing to watch a live stream and be excited because you're involved in the lore, especially with something like a tabletop RPG Mm -hmm. where people can get so involved in the characters and appreciate the story and the world. But to be able to not only communicate, but directly influence the story in in a way that's as creative as that. It's just, it fits perfectly. You, You bring up the whole, you know, how people interact with the TTRPG. And I really worry, like, I want to start trying to transition back into TV writing and things like that. And I'm a little nervous because I've been doing this so long now, I realize that a lot of stuff that I'm creating is geared directly towards that very specific type of interaction. And we don't recognize that we're doing it anymore. We just do it. And it's like, wow, that would never work on TV or any other format. And it only works in this because you can play off the meta of how people on Twitch are consuming these stories. They're they're taking these characters, and the second you put a face to them, they add a level of importance because it's impossible for them not to create a parasocial relationship. It's impossible. They, They see the face. They know that they can watch that person on their own streams. And they're no matter what going to be like, that's my hero. 
that's my I'm here for them. You know, like Korean pop stars. You know, they're just like, no matter what <laughs> sure. they do, we're going to fan cam it. That's my hero. Yep. Um, so that's kind of the really fun part as a storyteller is I can play off that meta and very openly create villains out of characters at the table that an audience is rooting for and then having to come to these hard questions with themselves of why am I rooting for this person? Why am I supporting this? And the world kind of reacting to that as well. And it's it's purely writing characters built off knowing exactly how that audience is going to react to that person in this kind of situation based on so much meta information coming from outside, which would be awful for TV writing, but it works really well for Twitch. I, it, it feels like TV writing is a step back, frankly. I, I mean, like, you know, Sonia and I have had this conversation a lot, but I'm a huge horror fan. Huge oh, yeah. Fan. And it, it is such a golden age right now for horror and sci-fi, right? I mean... Endgame is, you know, was the bit one of the biggest movies in the world. Uh, you know, we have all these great Netflix series happening. You know, you every have, week something new. Every week, brand new cherry flavor. Archive eighty one. You know, just on and on and on and on. Chucky and on. we could talk all week about that. By the way, I would love all to. Week. Yeah, <laughs> we should. We should. But here's here's the thing, which is really interesting. Which is, I kind of feel like there's this trend right now in TV, which is the opposite of what you're saying, and it drives me bonkers. I absolutely hate it. Here's what I'm, and here's what I'm going to try to say, which is like, I think if you're a storyteller or not, if you're just a consumer of a lot of narrative media, you kind of start to get the rhythm and the the plot points and, and how things kind of, it's media literacy. Up, right. And it starts to become a mathematical formula about what's mm -hmm. going to happen. Right? Especially Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> especially, oh, mm -hmm. right, especially which mm -hmm. the algorithm rules all, but it, but I think horror is very specific in this because uh, it's very specific in the formula because if you watch a lot of horror, you know, oh, the friend who's just there is definitely going to turn into the bad guy or be working with the bad guys or whatever. It just becomes, the story becomes so laid bare that it just becomes very predictable. And yes. so what I love about what you're doing with Kolak and, 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 and even like your mindset is you're taking that away. You're, you're, you're creating tension and doing this thing that is unpredictable because it's a living organism as it's moving. And I just see that as the future of narrative storytelling, especially in horror and sci-fi, because the mathematical formula is, is right. Does that and make And let sense? me tell you, oh yeah, and let me tell you, DICE add a whole other aspect to that. And that's like, to me, all we're doing is we're sitting yeah. at a table and we're, improvis we're improvising around a tone. Um, and I'm really big on letting the tone drive the narrative. That's why we have like a composer for our show. And every week, him and I make new songs for the coming And an week. LCD screen in the back. Yeah, People can't yeah. see it. But right now, yeah. you are surrounded by red smoke and it looks incredible. Yeah. Uh, the, the CEO of the company and my wife, Malika, she's a developer and she makes unreal instances for the show. So oh. we can also create tonal kind it's of- incredible. So cool. So as you're telling the story, and yes, it's the theater of the mind, but we can really set a tone that we get to react to. But then you have the dice, and that creates a whole other element of like, well, we never know what's going to happen. And yeah. that's so exciting. And I think that's what makes it like, it has to be live. To me, like, mm -hmm. it has to be live. It has to be everyone in the audience and at the table reacting at the same time to, fuck, I rolled a one. <laughs> 
and I was trying to like dodge an arrow, and now I'm going to take it in the face, and we all have to react to that. Yeah. Um. And, and there's no. We don't, it takes away the plot armor in a yes, lot of ways. Yes. Exactly. And there is still obviously some plot armor, like because it is a live format uh, and it's dark. I have conversations with my cast about like safety tools and making sure I'm not overstepping any boundaries, and they get really attached to their characters too. So you know there are certain characters, and I'll never say who, who are not okay with their character being maimed or skinned alive. Sure. Um, sure. And then there's weird. others where they there's have a, others where they're like, fetish. They have they're a fetish like, where every whatever episode, yeah. 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 They're like, me. hurt me, hurt yeah, me. Hurt so, me. I, you're, I'm not even kidding. There's a, there's a <laughs> woman at the table right now who is like, I have no X cards. And I was like, are you sure? Like, what if this happens? She's like, go for it. I'm into it. And I was like, okay, okay maybe I'm not. I, maybe I have some yeah, X cards. Whoa, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I, I don't know if I'll go there, but she's just like, I'm, I'm ready. I want to be here for it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. <That's> great. <laughs> Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. I'd love to take it back a little bit even. Um, you know, this isn't the first tabletop RPG that you've ran. You've no, done quite, a, lot, quite yeah. a few. And especially in this kind of, in this world, in this universe, from 10 Candles, uh, Kids on Bikes when you're doing the play test, uh, into Colock 1991, mm-hmm. what have you learned from running those tabletop RPGs and live streams before that you've taken into this and like what, you know, we've touched on, you, yeah. you now have an app that people can influence, send tokens, send NPCs. Um, what people just see the, you have all these pre-recorded bits and everything. People yeah. just see the final product. But what have you learned from those past shows? And what if you, what I mean, goes into making this, you know? Everything. I, I think <laughs> that that's, to, to the reason we do Coloc here at Hyper is it's kind of supposed to be a commercial for everything we've learned since we started doing this. We put everything we've got into it. Every person on our team con- contributes in some way based on what we've learned over the years of doing this. And it's kind of our way to, we're, we're trying to take a baseball bat to the knees of the industry and being like, pay attention to us, motherfucker. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> And, and like learn from what we've learned that we've been doing this for a really long time and absorbing a lot of audience interactions and practices, how people interact in these kinds of narratives. Cause we, we truly, truly, truly believe there is a huge space in the future of entertainment for interactive content. For I sure. think, it, it, I mean, you know, I, Sonia, like you're, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Twitch has, 
for all of its faults, there's a lot there where you can see other people are going to have to start paying attention to this kind of storytelling and this kind of interaction. Uh, and hopefully they come to the experts when they do. Uh, it'll yeah. take them a while. They'll, they'll make a lot of mistakes first. They, that always happens. So we, we there's try to something put— something special there. Yeah. We try to put a little bit of every single thing we've learned uh, down to the way we do the audio, the way we use the music. How we even create the music is based on experiences over the years of— you know, how do we create music that allows a generation of tone? Even um, just the technical aspect, like the set itself is gorgeous. Like there's vines yeah, yeah. everywhere. You have this crazy big screen behind you uh, and everything else. But one thing I appreciated is just the effects. Like you're able to do so much with it and live. It's crazy. Um, that's uh, I, I'm going to be very honest. That's us flexing. Um, <laughs> do it. Flex away. Like we're flexing. Uh, again, it's kind of our, it's our calling card. We're trying to show people, here's what you can accomplish if you put your mind to it. Use these tools. Uh, and I had a conversation with somebody last night about who's a up and coming tech director. And, and they were saying like, how are you using, you know, OBS for this and that? It's like OBS has so many amazing plugins that are usually used for streamers who are playing video games. It's like, well, let's deconstruct that plugin a little bit. How could we apply that narratively? You know, it's like, okay, this was made for a memeable moment within a video game stream. But what if you took that effect and how that plugin is working and we applied that narratively within a story? What could we do with it? So we've been able to do all sorts of really fun stuff with like real-time shaders to make it look like an analog screen, uh, real-time shaders for like freeze frames, reversing things. Um, we use uh, face tracking technology as well. I'm currently like, I'm, I'm about 50% towards uh, using some like uh, face replacement technology for one of the streams, oh, but so cool. um, we're going to try that out soon, hopefully. But we're always trying to come up with new things that we can do, but make sure that it's always supporting the narrative and, right. and helping like tell a story in a really cool way. But it's definitely a flex. We're, we're just, we're, we're out here trying to leave a mark in a very overcrowded space. And props to, to AMC and Fear HQ because, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and again, twitch.tv slash Fear HQ is, I've loved that. Like, you know, I love, um, you know, the other stuff they have on there as well. And you guys fit so well into that programming. I really see that as kind of the future of, in a certain way, kind of how streamers like bundling yeah. stuff together, um, you know, I think it's the way. They've been extremely like, hey, you know, whatever, you know, it's like, I think to them, this is a big experiment and they're anxious to see how it works. Uh, yeah. And we're really anxious to do well for them because that could be a path, you know, yes, that could absolutely. like, I'm like, oh, please do well this season. Come on. <laughs> you know, like we got yeah. people paying attention for once. So I, I really hope that they they're happy with what we're doing, uh, but they've been extremely easy to work with. Like they've cool. been, um, they're producing too. I mean, we've been working with them for a long time. Uh, Hyper produces all their live content on Twitch, so nice. we already kind of had a foot in the door to pitch them, and we've we've kind of proven ourselves many times over with them of these big interactive experiments. Uh, so we were like, hey, if you really want to go for it, we have one that's an experiment every week. And to our surprise, they were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I I, yeah, I, yeah. It just feels like, yeah, they kind of, they know what they're doing because they've done it before. And now uh, that's exciting that you're partnering with them because hopefully they could do it again in this new space. And they're smart to do it because you guys are awesome. Mm -hmm. I want to say too, it's really funny uh, when you, uh, when I got the, the email about joining you all, I was like, oh, this is awesome because I really, really want Sonya in the world of Kolok. And, <sighs> uh, 
I, I just told her this recently, not too long ago, and it's 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 serendipitous. Um, in the world of Kolok, people born in Kolok, Washington, are born with nine fingers, because <laughs> uh, the, uh, years ago, a a town leader sold off the future of the town to the god. Uh, not. Uh, Gods are a weird way to put it to this energy force known as Phobos and the bankers that work there known as Mammon. They sold them a certain amount of pounds of flesh for the next couple hundred so years to secure the town and the future of the town being taken care of and and living healthy lives and and kind of uh, being free of things like cancer and stuff like that. But the catch was the pounds of flesh that collected with interest over time. And to collect on that flesh, every person born in the town was born with nine fingers. So those digits are being collected through this contract of uh, pounds of flesh. So, like, Sonia's perfectly primed to come in <laughs> as a guest on the oh, show. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been preparing <laughs> for this role my whole life. <laughs> One of the we'll have to bring her in towards the end of the season uh, if we that. ever if the players ever make it back to Kolok, which is their goal. Uh, let's see if they get there, but um, then we could have her as one of one of the big bads that uh, that show <laughs> Here up. Here to greet them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Oh man, well Zach, I hate to say it, we're almost out of time. Uh, and look, we normally end every mm-hmm. interview with asking our our guests their best game and their worst game. Their favorite game, their worst game. So, but we'll get, here's the thing. I feel like we haven't talked much about games. Mm-hmm. We can either do game or we could do favorite best worst horror movie or best oh. worst trope. Let's pick one. In your brain, what do you what do you have loaded up that in your brain? Well, what usually horror stuff because that's like, okay, I'm currently great. weekly producing Kolok, so my brain is just in a like right. All right, so let's constant. go. Okay, perfectly so, aligns with Aaron. Perfectly aligns <laughs> with me, right. Yeah. Mind melt. Yeah. Okay, so let's go uh, uh, f- like best horror like trope and worst horror trope what's your uh, favorite like horror thing and your let's go least favorite first least favorite I feel like first it's easy to go at least for me i got a million things that i <laughs> well, i mean i feel i feel like i mean my least favorite is one that's like fortunately really died off you know it, it's not used as much anymore but it's it's definitely anyone who participates in sexual activities has to die yeah. yep. you know like yeah. the virgin lives i hate that one That's you know worst. it's like oh oh these kids and then I, I i i would love to know exactly how that started circulating at first because it's not like you're appealing to puritanical audience members <laughs> right, you know what i mean like horror movie. Yeah, you're already you you're you're there for the boobs originally anyway as most of the people watching in the 80s you're there for the boobs let them live yeah let and then live. it's like oh they showed boobs they have to die is this like some deal you made with the mpaa where it's like if we show <laughs> boobs we'll make sure they die they are <laughs> sinners as long as you don't give us NC-17, we'll kill off anyone that has sex. Please what, just give us an R rating. One I promise they're out. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you show the nip, they got to get the throat slit. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Especially, and it was also like, the thing that I also hate about that, aside from just how ridiculous it is, is it just telegraphs who's going to die. Exactly. Like Telegraphing it, is the worst part of it. It's the worst part. You're, you're already saying, oh no, now they got to die. And like, I think- Oh my God. Which Any of the 13th where, where Jason stabs with a harpoon through two people having sex yeah. in the boat? Do you remember that? He's just like, yeah. I was like, God damn it. Yep. I mean, any, I think that's the other, like tying right into that, how out in the open, especially modern, this is where the one that hasn't changed with modern horror TV, speaking of like Archive 81 and all that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. as much as I love them, the whole knowing exactly 
who's going to die. Oh, yeah. you gave this one character a chance to have some exposition. Thanks. Right. You know, <laughs> great. You just told me you're going to kill him at the end of the episode. That's it. Just because you gave them a scene exactly. where they gave anything personal about themselves at all and how they feel about things. Or anytime somebody says, it's going to be okay. Oh, oh man. Yeah. that's... Oh. It's going to be it. okay. We're going to be fine. Ring the funeral bells. Ring and the I say, funeral bells. And I oh, say sweetie, that knowing, <laughs> knowing exactly that I use that exact thing all the time and play off of the audience perception of where I'll have a character be like, we're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. All right? I'll take care of you. And then I just get to look at the audience and be like, am I though? Am I? Like, now we'll make them okay. I I have way too much fun playing with the meta of story in this kind of live format. That That's is great. probably the most fun I have is knowing exactly how to manipulate the audience and just just eat their salty tears. It is <laughs> Make the sweat. Oh, it's the most fun. Like uh, spending two seasons building a character that I knew was going to be everybody's favorite character and then make them the villain this season and then make them realize he was always the villain. You Ooh. just didn't want to accept the fact that a 16-year-old white kid who is extremely self-righteous would end up being the villain of the future, you know? like, uh, And that has been the most like, mm, ah, yeah, just eat those tears. They're like, how could he? And I'm like, He's always been this character. And then they start being like, oh, my God. <laughs> no. Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah exactly. but, but I can get away with certain things like that just because of the meta of the table and how right. they participate and liking certain things and purposely choosing to ignore things that are right in front of them just because my – there's a person's face attached to it. That's, that's it. It's, that, it's sometimes that easy. Oh, that, that's a person. I don't want to be mean to that character. That's a person. I'm like, well, now I'm going to use that like, against you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Showing me Gears turning. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so what's your favorite kind of horror trope or, or aspect in like a horror movie? Honestly, it, it's like, uh, it, it, it's probably the like, I don't know if it could be called a trope, but like the the villain audio stinger, you know, like the Ooh. the like every villain has to have a good sound that goes with them, you know, and and that sound announces that the using the like kind of rule of threes and the psychology of how people watch things to manipulate them with that sound of like, okay, here's the here's the bad guy, here's the whore, give them the sound. Here's the bad guy, here's the thing, here's the sound. And then always by the end of the movie, you're going to get the sound before you get the villain. Yeah. And that's probably my favorite part because then you get to feel your heart race and you get to feel yourself get all excited and you're like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. And that's the, th that's the one's like, even though I it is the trope and I know what's going to happen, that's the part that gets me excited instead of annoyed. It's like, it's, it's yeah, the payoff. It's that go. psychological payoff. It's a tool just to intentionally make that tension even thicker. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a trope. I don't know if that's can, can be considered a trope. Uh, but I mean, I, I, or, you know, again, like an aspect. Yeah, we can. We can we'll, it, call yeah, sure. we call we'll call it a trope. We'll call it a trope. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> but I did. I'll give. I'll give this to you, Aaron. I, I finally remembered. For the more, uh, the more horror type fan of what, if I was going to describe Kolok and do the thing that I hate doing, uh, which is directly tie it to like a certain thing to make it more understandable. I would say what I want this season and what I want this show to feel like while you're watching it. If I could describe like how what I want, if you're a viewer is the American remake of Funny Games, written by Q Hayashida, um, produced by A24, but directed by Alex Garland. Oh, so that's, that's damn. like 
that's the vibe I want right there. Oh, that is a that is a that is a great combination platter right there. That's what I want. I'll eat that. That's a good fiesta box all day. <laughs> Twenty games, man. Oh, that movie makes me insane, and it's I love supposed it. to obviously, but yes. like, damn. If, I mean, now that I've told you all that, the next episode of Kolaki Watch, you're gonna be like, this fucker just stole everything from Hineki. <laughs> what a what a piece of shit. You know, like. The, this, the, the, Forget, some of the musical the best, cues. Steal, the, they say steal from the best. I know, I know. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, if I wasn't constantly trying to be like, A24, notice me. <laughs> they will. I'm sure they will, dude. You're on the path. We, well, we did, path. we did. We got to do something with them this year. And it was like, I was like, ah. We, we basically, we produced a live TTRPG of The Green Knight for them. Oh, and we got to, wow. We got to do, we did it in, sure. we produced it 4G4. Um, awesome. But with A24, and we got to, like, do the LED wall with all the cool effects and yeah. the, all this stuff. But then I was like, because oh, it ended up being a very, like, typical D&D, like, uh, bits and jokes kind of thing, which they did a great job. But I was like, I was like, no, A24, my first time working with you and what you're seeing is the D&D thing instead of this, like, experimental weird horror that we could pull off. No, don't leave. Don't leave. Ah, but now, but now you're like, look at me now, mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> look at yeah. me. Look at us now. Look at me now, mom. If I could get G4 to give me your contact info. <laughs> <laughs> I think all you have to do is just say A24 twice into a mirror and they're, yeah. they'll show up. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Your, your, all of a sudden your mirror goes red. <laughs> yeah. And you, yeah. You hear some, a choral, uh, uh, you know, like a chorus of uh, some Scandinavian singers and in the background. Just, yeah. Foom, foom, and like the lights come in. <laughs> Uh, well, Zach, thank you so much. And of course, everyone, check out Kolak. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, oh, man. Now I just want to go. I, it's daytime. I want to be scared. I'll just look <laughs> into the mirror. That's scary. There you go. Yeah, just look in the mirror. Thank you again so much to Zach for joining us. And make sure to check out Kolak on Mondays, twitch.tv slash fearhq. It's pretty wild. Kolak, I love it. And you know what I don't love? That we have to take a quick break. But we do. Aw, what? We'll, we'll be right back. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And we're back. Now, here's the thing. I Look, I have come on this podcast and had a lot of hot takes, okay? Mm -hmm. I'd say. Rarely am I wrong. Rarely. <gasps> Wouldn't you guys say? Rarely. Um, Jen, what do you No comment. You? Okay. Well, I'm, that's I'm, yeah. the diplomatic out answer. Of this. Diplomatic yeah. answer. But I will say something I'm wrong about, and that is Elden Ring is great. <gasps> I've been playing there a lot of it. it is. It's fantastic. It, it, yes. it truly is. And for anybody listening, I am awful at all Dark Souls games. <laughs> and if I can be good at Elden Ring, so can you. I would urge you, if you've never played Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, pick this one up. 
pick mm-hmm. this one up. It's great. Truly. I, I'm really loving it. I definitely second that. I, I feel like I played a little bit of Bloodborne and it, it was just very punishing, yeah. but I love how it feels like with this one, with Elden Ring, they've really removed a lot of the things that were hangups for people in previous ones, like being able to run away from a boss or run away from fights and just being open world that you can just kind of explore and, and roam around. I'm, I feel very similar where I'm loving it. I'm really, really loving it. And I am somebody who loves grindy games. I am, I'm on it. Give me a long-term goal. I will work my ass off and I will grind and, and get there, but it's punishing. I'm the opposite. I hate grindy games. Um, (laughs) but I will say, you know, the interesting thing, the thing I realized first, and we talked a little bit about this is right. You can run away from stuff and all that, which is huge. And it's huge because I think for me, so many open world games for me are about finding how I play and finding, Mm -hmm. finding the systems and ways that I work. Um, you know, in Skyrim, I found that for me, sitting back and hit you, sniping from far away was the way to go. Yeah. But for something like Horizon Zero Dawn, I liked getting in close and mixing it up. But I mm-hmm. think the Dark Souls games make you play one way and that's it. And so do most games, right? You have to play a certain way. And Elden Ring, I'm finding my own way to play and it's and it's way easier, it's way more fun. And I'm loving the world is so weird and great. Yeah, I I did feel really forced into building a certain way and having a certain strategy. But honestly, I I am the kind of person who I'm this. I love to stand back. Get me the F out of there. I just want to shoot long distance or throw shit like I just want to be very far away. Um, But this entire playthrough, I've been so up close, just slashing people. But I finally picked up a longbow which was completely outside of everything that I had built so far. <laughs> every every choice that I have made has not been to support using a longbow, but I love it. I love it so Loves much. Loves the longbow. I'm loving it. So it is nice how you can kind of adapt and find your own play style, but yeah, yeah I feel you. I feel yeah. you. And, and I think like one thing, again, I didn't expect was – I was just expecting it everything to be super punishing in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's not. I mean, like, there are obviously levels for sure. But I think, like, just the fact that I can, on my own time or in my own way, run up, fight something, and run away, I, I think has really allowed me to actually learn how to kind of play these games. And, like, because I'm not coming from a whole history of playing Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's nice to have that. And like you're saying, there's areas like the first area you start on when you're going through that forest and there's a bunch of guards. I just remember getting like repeatedly getting my ass kicked. Um, but now I go back and it's just farming. Yeah. I'll just fun. run through, lock on, <sighs> slice them. Like it's it it becomes so much more satisfying. Yeah. And, and the other sure. thing, the other thing, too, I think for me that I gave myself permission with this game to do walkthroughs. And cause I was like, you know mm. what? It's so big. It's such a mystery. Like I do love the fact you don't, they don't hold your hand at all. They don't tell you where anything is or yeah. what to do. And so I went to fighting cowboy on YouTube mm. who put up some fantastic walkthroughs, um, really b- blow by blow. The first two videos, by the way, are just preparing you to play. I love that. So like, he's like, he's like, go here, get this. Go here, do this thing. Go here, don't wake that guy up. Sneak around, get that thing. And like, 
he gets your character to a place where you're semi-powerful, or at least you're not getting just destroyed every second. And it was I love that. Also, like you're teleporting to these other lands, like in the and so it gives you a really cool. His walkthroughs in the very beginning also give you a really cool flavor of kind of how weird and tremendous and beautiful this game is. And so um, that is really added to my enjoyment. Shout out to Fighting Cowboy. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Check him out. It makes sense because there's so many, I think we've talked about this before. There's like so many little items and so many little areas and things that you would just never come across. Like you wouldn't think to get this or wouldn't know to get certain items to help boost certain things or, you know, there's like 101 different things that you can get that are just not explained. Yeah. So it just, it makes sense. I feel like I'm pretty, I wouldn't say anti-game guide, but this feels like one where it makes sense because there's just so much, there's so much stuff. Yeah. And I, and I think like, and again, I don't think there's any shame in that. No. I mean, like nobody likes save scumming, you know, like where you save right before you're doing a puzzle or or something so you can keep doing it over and over and over. But like, I, I do think there is, it's justified to kind of prepare yourself to play the game. What do you think of the world and the creatures? And what, what, are, what are your thoughts on the Elden Ring universe generally? You know, I'm the first like big expansive area that you're in. I'm into it. I I think it's beautiful. It's pretty. But I feel like when I get bored in an open world game and I don't want to just battle a boss, I will pick a direction that I have not been in yet and just walk. Yeah. And I will walk as far as I possibly can. And when I stumbled across, I don't know the name of the area, but it is all scary and red and scorched. And there's like, and there's these creepy like crows and shit, absolutely not. There's this weird like T-Rex dog thing. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The music, not. I don't know who. Oh, it changes. It's the worst. It just is every fiber of your being saying, get out of here. Like Completely you different vibes. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to roll back to this, uh, this previous area. I am not emotionally prepared for this yet. But ultimately, Blay, I am, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for giving it a chance. Yeah. Proud of you for maybe admitting that. You might have been wrong. I was. I was. I'm just proud. Thanks for coming around on that. And you know what? I'll I'll still read a book if you want me to, if you want to pick a book. I'm still in for it. That's okay. Okay, good. I'm not, I wasn't going to. It's okay. Uh, Well, that's going to do it for this week, kids. So let us know what you think of Elden Ring and Disco Elysium uh, by hitting us up uh, at Good Game Nice Try on Twitter. And be sure to rate and review us, give us a follow, all that good stuff. Uh, and we'll see you all next week. Good Game Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Eduardo Perez, with engineering and sound design by Chester Guazda. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. Special thanks to Lisa Berm, and music by John Danny. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. 
Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.